0: Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having some real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and today, as always, I'm excited to be sitting here with Chef. Hey, everybody. Crystal, hey there, and Stuart. Ooh, my homies. <laughs> oh, good grief! Okay, uh, he does have his hood up. So,
1: chef of, had his up earlier. I did. Oh, that's but true. But that that's was because you were here. You, you yeah. put, a, put your, you put your hood <laughs> chef up. walked in
0: looking like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) Okay. It's Uh, our thinking caps, dude. It's our uh, thinking thinking caps. This is going to be a a thinking kind of episode, and I'm excited to get into it. Because today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we are talking about the question how do you navigate the tension between science and faith in youth ministry? Now, before we jump in, I do want to explain what our hope is for this conversation and really what this conversation is not. So, this is not a conversation where we hope to share all of our views about how specifically God created the world or how long it took. or, you know, our particular views about events like the flood. What this is, is a conversation about how we talk about and navigate these potential tension points with our students. So in other words, this isn't a conversation about us and what we think, or even what you, the the youth leader, thinks. This is about what our students are thinking and how we can best meet them where they're at when it comes to issues and questions about science and faith. I love it. So with that... Let's jump into it. My first question is, why are we talking about the tension between science and faith? Why is this a growing issue uh, with students and the church these days? Because I don't feel like there was this much tension mm. around it growing up, and by say growing up, I mean Stuart, when, when you grew up or when I grew up, different times or when Crystal I was growing up <laughs> hey. Which, Which, it possible, <laughs> right? Which is much more recent. Yes. Which is much more recent. When wheels were square.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> is it possible that it's not growing? I mean, I feel like it's kind of receding. Like it hit a maximum and then it's kind of, it's still a real thing. It's still a real tension, especially depending if you're in a super conservative church, probably. Right. Um, but I feel like it it really kind of hit, maybe when I was a kid, kind of a, and maybe it's just the story of my life, but. It's still a big deal, but it doesn't feel quite as intense as it used to. I mean, or do you think it's growing?
2: I think we hear about it less because it's so common.
3: Mm. That might be a good But
2: I also think, particularly for students, sometimes the tension is more internal than external. Hmm. Because yeah, they have had access to information that we never had access to. What I had access to in the 10th grade was a biology teacher named Orphis Deaver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was his name again? Orphis
2: Deaver. Bless you. He was Rest a biology teacher? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, but I didn't have access to 100,000 YouTube videos with someone explaining in really succinct and understandable yeah. and logical ways mm. how evolution worked. And that's what my students have. Mm
3: -hmm. So So they might not even be asking or they might not even see or they just feel like they have an answer and that the church isn't a place to get an answer like that.
2: Right. They may feel Uh, like they have an answer and the church disagrees. And so we just don't bring it up so we can all be friends. uh, And Uh,
1: some of this may be demographical. Some of this may be age appropriate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Some of this could depend on the type of church that you attend. Yeah. Uh, All of those things come into play. And if you're listening and thinking yes, this happens all the time in my small Mm -hmm. group. Well, there could be as many people going, this never happens in my small group, depending Mm -hmm. on those things.
2: I mean, we felt that tension between the demographic differences in my own small group right? where this topic came up and some students had legitimate questions because of...
3: And you're talking about your small group you're leading right now. The small group that I'm leading right now,
2: um, maybe just three months ago, Uh The topic of science and faith comes up, and there are some students with legitimate questions that bother them. There are students who are fully invested in all of science's explanations, and it's never occurred to them that there's attention. And then there are some students who are fully invested in all of the traditional Christian explanations of all events and can't understand why their friends even have questions about this. Mm -hmm. And that's in—they all live in the same town. They all go to the same school, but their families are different. And
3: there's also a group that's going— it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah who, who cares? cares. And, and I think that a lot of times that's some of the tension that I think youth workers feel because mm-hmm. the, they're real science-minded kids are asking really tough questions, and right. I've never really wrestled with it, so I don't know how to answer your question. So, let's,
0: it, so what is the tension for youth leaders well, when it I, comes to navigating this? Well, I think one of them is we don't know the answers,
3: and you know we feel the need to— give a succinct answer to something. And even when you do give a succinct answer, it feels like I'm guessing, you know, and when you're given succinct answers and you're guessing, you should feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, or you just feel like you're not doing a good job when you say, I don't know, you know, or, you know, you're going to get in trouble if you say what you really believe because Mm -hmm. the church's (laughs) websites, yeah, something very succinct and, you know, Anyway, just I, that's my guess. Any I, other guesses? I,
1: well, tension itself is, a, you know, it's a game changer because anytime we feel tension, you either want to shrink from it or you want to stay under it. Yeah. You can't grow strong unless you stay under tension. Mm-hmm. And I think some of this, some of what's happened, is that if we if we look at church youth ministry at a very basic level teenagers are coming to the church that bases everything around one ideology and they have questions that seem to contradict that ideology Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they have questions where you they didn't have questions years ago because you had to I, I think you know the digital decentralization of information means that Mm -hmm. you can say something in your small group that a kid in five minutes can disprove Mm -hmm. via Google. Right. So consequently that tension feels even more smothering and scary and that kind of thing.
2: And to your point about tension, I think part of it comes from this binary culture that we're living in where every issue seems to have two sides who just hate each other. And yep. for a long time, at least in the context where I grew up, this may not be true for everybody, when it came to science, there was this tendency from church people to make fun of or to act like people who believed those things were, were dumb. And then on the flip side, in, in the culture of maybe intellectuals, but especially in atheist culture, there's a tendency to act like people of faith are dumb. And so it's created this binary where students have to decide which side they're going to sit on. Mm-hmm. And my girls are absolutely experiencing this right now, that students choose sides and they call the people on the other side stupid. Mm-hmm. And so you have to decide what kind of stupid you want to be, basically. Right. And, and that, that's really tough.
1: Right. And that, that point itself may be a good place for us to recognize that God has put enough in the world to make faith a very reasonable thing. Mm-hmm. But he's left enough out of the world to, to mean that if all you do is trust in reason alone, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So faith and reason have to constantly work in unison with each other. It can't be an either or. Yeah.
2: When I was a teacher, I had a student in my classroom who actually like went on field trips with me, and, and we knew each other pretty well. She knew me well enough to know that I was a person of faith outside the classroom and so her dad began to send me materials from a website called reason saves and I was like wait that's a thing
1: right that's right. a thing mm.
2: and his in I mean his entire stance was if it's not reason then you are unreasonable right which I thought was really interesting
1: that is very interesting but the tension to me is a great thing if you're a youth leader listening to this right now it simply means you have the opportunity to grow and the way that I try to think about science and faith and my own growth process is similar to, you know, when we were children and someone asked us where babies came from, that answer hopefully differs from where I think babies come from. Gooses bring babies. Yeah, right. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Very thin, (laughs) tall gooses. Can we say (laughs) geese? No, that was what my, that was a quote from my wife. When she was a baby, she's told her mom, gooses bring babies. And her mom said, That's exactly right. Right, But
2: I was giving that same answer today at
3: her age. She would look
1: really, really silly. And I think that's part of the tension for the youth leader is this is an incredible opportunity for us to grow. And what I'm learning about myself as it relates to science is that I don't want to be stuck.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It doesn't mean I have to know all the answers. What it does mean is I better know some of the questions.
3: That's great.
0: So I'm a little slow here, Stuart, so I'm going to go back to what you were saying just a second ago about the reason and the faith thing, because as I'm processing this, and maybe our listeners are processing too, maybe they're ahead of, with you. They, some might be tracking with me, and they're like, wait, wait, wait that was a big idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm as I'm sitting here processing that, I'm also thinking, in a way, that is the tension, the reason and faith thing, because... I think students growing up these days are thought everything has to have logic and reason it or you don't be believe.
3: Reasonable. It should be reasonable, yes. Or and, there is a section of students who are wired, hardwired. That right, 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 totally. A group of your students just need to think that
0: and way. And so they're on one end of that you know uh, spectrum, if you will. And then on the other hand, you have youth pastors and leaders who are so faith-grounded mm-hmm. that to say that you've got to have logic or reason to all of this is to not have faith. Right, right. And so what we're saying here is there's a tension, there's a disconnect between these two. And what does it look like to, mm-hmm. to get on the same page? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds
3: me a little bit of my, I mean, I'm a science guy. I have a degree in physics. Were you, you Chef know. the Science Guy? No. Um,
2: <laughs> you, are you, know, you are
3: now. You are now. Chef the well, Science Cooker. See is for credit hour when it comes to having a, a degree in physics. But like, that's just how my brain works. And that is not how... The, my youth workers brain worked, so when I went and I I was just trying to clarify, hey, through reason, tell me how the creation story kind of gels with what I'm learning in science about the dinosaurs, the mm-hmm. you know the age of the earth, all those sorts of things. Just looking for an answer, and the answer I got was you've got to have more faith in that. I went looking for a reasonable answer, and I got a oh no, you you don't have enough faith. And for me, that wasn't helpful, mostly because I was confused. Right, like. Right. And, I, you know, I, I, I was like, uh, okay, that, and, but it didn't make my logical question go away. Correct. It made me feel guilty about my right. lack of faith Lack of faith, mm-hmm. or it made me wonder if God was big enough to answer that question. Right. Which, and what chef's
1: pointing to is why the tension navigating the tension well is really important. Yeah. Because that's chef I'm assuming as a physics teacher. Well, I mean, I was.
3: 13, 14, 14, 14 years old. 14 years question, old right? And however yeah. many years ago.
1: Yeah. And now the 13 or 14 year old has access to more information.
3: Right. Well, that's exactly right. So I could just go Google that question. And right. there are lots of people out there who are happy to tell me the answer to that true or not. Right. That are much more willing to answer the question. Mm -hmm. So where do we want them to go? Right. When
2: science seems unafraid to answer our questions and the church makes it seem like God's mad when we ask questions, Mm -hmm. it paints a picture of a weak God. Mm -hmm. Oh, my
3: word. But I mean, what an opportunity to paint a picture of an amazing God who created you with a logical mind and Mm -hmm. who is, you know, unveiling himself through nature and all of this, all of these great questions. And God is a question. Mm -hmm. Right. God's. Way bigger than we can handle, so the fact that you can't answer the question is not evidence that there's not a God. Mm-hmm. It's evidence that God's exactly who He said He is in a lot of in a lot of opportunities. So it's really a positioning thing at that point. I mean, we're getting practical at this point, but you know how you're responding to a kid, really, the look in your eyes probably has more to say than right. your actual logical answer. right. you know right. fear and panic versus wow, amazement, that's, mm-hmm. that's what probably, yeah. You? That's good.
0: So what, what questions are students asking these days that they weren't asking 20 years ago about faith, God, the Bible? So I, I think that's, a, it's an important to acknowledge some of those things.
2: So I don't know if this is true everywhere in the country, but 10th grade world history where we we live is where they begin to examine that most ancient cultures had flood stories Mm -hmm. and that calls into question the authenticity of our flood story Mm -hmm. and why, well, if, if our story is the story, why do other cultures have a different story and where were they during this story? And so that's come up a few times in my small group about what about the flood Mm -hmm. stories?
3: I think all the questions are usually on the outer edge of what we're learning about science, right? So Mm -hmm. as, as our knowledge grows and Mm -hmm. let's be clear, we don't know more than we know still. Right, and that's mm-hmm. great. We're picking up, you know, so our the big questions are always on the outer edges of that. So you know, I think, And this has always been true. At one point, a scientific principle was the earth was flat. Correct. And somebody started pushing. I mean, the Greeks... Kyrie Irving (laughs) just recently. (laughs) He just figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. Those sorts of things, you know. I mean, Aquinas was writing about these things in the 1200s before 200 years before Copernicus is talking about orbits and all these sorts of things. So, I mean, and, you know, the questions are always on that outer edge. So we're going to see a lot of questions about... For kids who are really paying attention, you know, obviously the creation story evolution there's questions in in that range if you're really paying attention you start asking about stem cells and mm-hmm. morality in science right mm-hmm. and, and things at, like that at the
1: recording of this podcast there's an article that's come out this week that states that uh, scientists will be able to recreate physical dinosaurs within the next five years Wow. So it's that kind of thing. I Sell think. Sell me that, a ticket for that. I hope they keep it right. in a park. Yeah, for spared, no expense. <laughs> yeah, this is... spared have they, no expense.
0: Have no they no. learned nothing?
1: <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, where's Jeff Goldblum when you <laughs> yeah. need him? Michael Crichton,
3: <laughs> save us.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I wanted to kind of bring that up because when you start to verbalize some of the questions and th- ideas and thoughts, well, one, it makes them a lot more real than it's just a theoretical, like, how do we navigate this? But two... I think it raises the tension that is this a theological issue with our students? Are we approaching, are we trying to figure out, okay, with all of these questions, are we providing theological answers? Are we providing different kinds of answers? What does it look like to navigate this? Because I think the most youth pastors would not, mo, maybe not most, I don't know. But like if if a student questions the flood, I'm going to give them a theological mm. flood response. Narrative. Yeah. N- yes. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know if that's always the most helpful response because there's always going to be another question behind it. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do we provide theological answers or is there a different alternative? Yeah. Well, way? I think practically one thing you can do very
3: easily is just add, you know, especially in these, when you're, when you're out on these edges, one preface you can just add to all your answers is, well, many Christians believe... Or many, you know, and, and so you're clarifying like, hey, there are within the, Christ- within the mm-hmm. Christians who believe that Jesus died and rose again, a few opinions of that. And for, in my experience, many of the like sciencey kids, that's enough for them to go, oh, so that's kind of in this area of faith, you know, that, that Christians are arguing about what that really means. But they agree on the most important, the kind of the foundational aspects of... And I know that's, there's a group out there that's going, that's dangerous. Right. Truth mm-hmm. is truth, right. right? But I think, you know, there are tons of areas of Scripture in which... I mean, at my seminary, professors who signed agreements of faith would disagree about what things right. mean. And to say, you know, this, this kind of falls into one of those areas and to which I think the only thing we know for sure... We all have our, our thoughts, but the only thing we know for sure is when we get to heaven and clarify this, we're all going to be surprised. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And there are just a lot of those areas in Scripture.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think we do—it's a, a service to students when we identify different patterns of thought yeah. and ways that different Christians and non-Christians believe. I've, right. I'm trying out something this year with some of the questions that come up where I just say, hey, here are two or three different views on that. Yeah. I usually try to end the conversation with here's what I know for sure and right. it's not my personal you know theological point of view but it is there is a god he is infinite he is good. Like yeah. just the very basics of that we don't know all the answers. I know that for sure. If then sometimes they'll come back and say well okay but what do you personally believe? Yeah. And I'll tell them but I think we buy credibility when we acknowledge that there are different views. Mm-hmm. But we also prepare them for when they enter a new situation and there are different views. Mm-hmm.
1: I also think that a teenager asking you questions about science, I, th- I think we have to try to gain clarity on why are you asking the question that you're asking. Yeah, if you're great. asking questions about science because you're saying that your faith in Jesus depends on this, I'm not sure you're asking the right question. Hmm. Because yeah. our faith is rooted in history; it's not necessarily rooted in science. Is that fair, guys? Yes. As it relates to Jesus? Well, I mean, the resurrection is is a historical event, and yeah. you cannot scientifically prove right. history because science has to be repeated. Well, and, and the
3: resurrection—the whole point was it. Blows science out of the water. Correct. It's a miracle. That's Correct. the point. That's
1: that, that, what that, makes no. it a
2: miracle. <laughs>
3: but <laughs> at 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 the bare at the
1: bare minimum, it was a historical event, and you can't repeat and observe history. Science has to be repeated and observed for it to be, you know, for there to be proof. No. Yeah. So. And I've heard, I've said this on several podcasts. I think part of our tension is that for the longest time we started at Genesis and Revelation and tried to work our way in. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure we need to help students start at Jesus and work their way out. That's good. Yeah, that's, good. that's great. So, but science does speak to the existence of God. And that's, that's where it's, it gets fun. Yeah. And, and there is so much room to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are great questions for kids to have. I just think it's important for them to clarify the answer, so, I mean, to clarify the question. So
0: I want to, Stuart, I want you to dig into, though, you said you said that you dropped that line, and I didn't want to drive right by it, that <laughs> a lot of ministries or whatever, you start on the bookends, the Genesis, Revelation, work your way in. Mm-hmm. And revelations I think that's, in my church growing up. It, and Brilliant. I think that's... Yeah, I always <laughs> said Tim LaHaye would answer those questions. <laughs> Sorry, CJ, go ahead. <laughs> and I, I think that's part of the quote-unquote problem, uh, is that the wrong, if we're not careful, that becomes uh, what goes on in Revelation and Genesis and so on and so forth become the hills we die on as we're talking about these things with our students. Right. And so I wanted to dive into, is well, one, is that true? Is that what a lot of youth leaders are tempted to do, is die on some of those hills before we get to what's most important what chef already mentioned the resurrection and yeah. all
1: of that again. And I'm
0: not trying to be a, a
1: contrarian. I think you have to clarify what Hill are you talking about to the teenager yeah. and teenage. Most of their questions tend to be on Hills in Genesis and revelation. Yeah. Because or, those are or, the
2: most interesting.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. But, but if it's, those are all great things for all of us to explore and we're going to talk about that more but my contention to that student is can let's deal with jesus first If you haven't already, and then we'll go to those hills and start climbing. It's
3: it's interesting Mm -hmm. you say that because I have so few kids come to me and say, "I just can't believe a man came back from the dead." Right? They come to me and say, "I can't Mm -hmm. believe in the flood. I can't believe in an eight-day, seven-day, eight-day, seven-day, seven-day creation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're praying. Um, We're praying for yeah, or or that a man was in the belly of a whale. Right. But the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, which. I mean, is as amazing a miracle <laughs> as any of them, <laughs> right. um, is, is rarely the, the hangup. So mm-hmm. that's interesting you say that. I think, you're, I think you're right. You know, as I have been thinking about this and thinking about how I'd answer myself, you know, as a yeah. kid, um, going to seminary, I had a professor that really helped me. And he gave me this principle called thin ice, and, or he called it, it's a thin ice. He, he would say, that's a thin ice issue or that's a thick ice issue. And I thought it was interesting.
2: What did he mean
3: by that? Well, what he meant was, he said... Ice Age. He watched Ice Age. He watched right. Ice Age, yeah. <laughs> and that little squirrel yeah, big with the acorn. Fan, big fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what he meant was, hey, when I read scripture, there are some things that we all agree on at, at the foundational, and those are thick ice issues. And what he said, and I'll never forget him saying this because he jumped at the same time. These are things I will jump up and down and scream about for sure. And trust that they will hold. And trust that it will hold. And he said, then there are some other issues in scripture where I have a belief. It's not that you don't have a belief or it's not that you don't have a stance. He said, but I also understand that other people have, may have a stance different from mine. And I'm not quite as confident to jump up and down so loud. Wow. And so I will approach it just a little bit differently. Now, listen carefully to that because it's not saying you don't believe a certain thing. Right. Right. It's not saying your, your theology needs to change based on who you're talking to. It's saying your approach needs to change about your theology. And I just think that is a huge, huge deal here. And back to your, um, your question, I think is so good. Like what's a kid really asking? I think most kids are really asking. I ran out of air. Sorry about that. Most kids are really asking, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most kids are really asking, "Hey, can I believe this and still have faith in Jesus?" Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're saying, "Hey, can I can I can I even dabble in thinking about this while believing in Jesus?" And I think Jesus would go, "Yeah, right? I, mean, I think mm-hmm. his answer to Thomas was, you right. know, pretty clear like doubts and questions are an important part of growing a kid's faith. And when we shut that stuff down, we're not allowing them to grow in their faith, which I think is one reason that you know, at least this science-y group of kids that you're trying to yeah. lead to follow Jesus. I think it's one of the reasons they're walking away is because we haven't let them wrestle. Mm-hmm. We haven't said wow. We've said no. You got to have more faith in that, and yeah. all these questions. And again, it's not that you don't believe something, or it's not that you've changed your belief in it. It's your approach.
0: And I, th- I love that because I feel like that's where, as youth leaders, we feel like we get. We I feel like sometimes we get hung up because it does feel like well, if I share multiple versions of this or like, hey, here are some, here's what other people believe, here's what yada, yada, yada. It feels like you're sacrificing yeah. Yeah. Your, your beliefs and yeah. you're not. Well, it feels, it feels
3: irresponsible a little bit because you're like, well, what mm-hmm. if they go believe? And I think it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. What if they continue to follow Jesus and go and believe
2: is their salvation still intact right. if they change yeah. their beliefs on I mean, creation? You wrestle anyway? with that. Can I, can
3: I ask
1: a hard question? <laughs> yes, I hope. <laughs> I'm not going to answer it, but sure. <laughs> are there thick ice things in your life that because of the evolution of thought
3: mm-hmm.
1: are a little less thick? And is it an important thing for the youth leaders and small group leaders that are listening to this? Yeah. That are listening to this to hold some, hold issues with kid gloves to some degree, and obviously we know what some of those thick ice things are that would will never change. Right. But do you feel like we've made mountains out of molehills or thick ice out of thin ice? Oh, absolutely. And that's part of the issue. Like we're scared to death to admit. Uh, I've been a little dogmatic about this one and I'm not sure anymore. Yeah.
2: Well, where I grew up, everything was thick ice, right? Or maybe that wasn't the entire community that maybe that was just, you know, my family, but everything was thick ice. And Mm -hmm. I just, maybe you've experienced this. The older I get, the more my faith grows, the more I study, the more I mature, the fewer and fewer and fewer things are thick ice issues for Mm me. Um, The resurrection is thick ice.
1: Yeah, let's jump up and down right now let's on that one. Let's jump
2: up and down on right, that. Yeah. But a lot of the things that used to be jump up and down, well, just aren't anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I'm asking that question, Chef, is because I think when we make declarative statements, it makes us look bad. I'll use this as an illustration. So yeah. You guys around the table know that our oldest daughter, her senior year, tore her ACL. Yeah. We made a controversial decision, and we had we did cadaver surgery mm-hmm. versus taking a part of your patella or your hamstring, right? Well, it, it is a, a controversial issue in the medical community because it's new thought, right? But all the data proves that this is a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. And what we discovered is that part of the reason why some of those doctors are against it is how boldly they've spoken about their position, right? It wasn't necessarily, they disputed the evidence. They just, for example, they had been published published. Yeah, their ideas have been published, and so they could like for right, them yeah. to go. That's a good idea would mean that they're, they're disputing their own publications. Yeah,
2: <laughs> woe <Whoa laughs> to all of us who publish things. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I to CJ Chagrin. I want to read a quote, and this was written in twelve hundred. Is this Tommy Aquinas? It's Tommy Aquinas. <laughs> I just love this. I think it, it says in Matt, and it just says exactly what you're saying, except it applies it to. Fred. I know Johnny Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> In matters that are obscure and far beyond our vision, things that we don't understand, even in such a way we find treated in the Holy Scriptures, meaning things we don't understand and are talked about in Scripture, mm-hmm. those things we, we really don't quite know what they mean, um, different interpretations are sometimes possible without prejudice to faith, to the faith we have received, meaning... We can all go to heaven and believe in Jesus and disagree about parts of the Holy Scriptures. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. In such a case, we should not rush in headlong to so firmly take our stand on one side. If further progress in the search of truth, science, justly undermines this, this position. Meaning, if we find other things out, like we, mm-hmm. we said, see, the world is flat. And it says it right here in Scripture that the world is flat. Well, if we find out the world isn't flat... Right, we just undermined our own right. But then it goes on to say something that I think is huge: we fall with it. That would be to battle not for the teaching of holy Scripture, but for our own teaching, wishing Mm -hmm. its teaching to conform to our opinion, whereas we ought to wish our opinion to conform to the teachings of Scripture. So, kind of similar to what Mm -hmm. you're saying. When we take these stands, we get ourselves into a corner. And when things change around us, we're like, uh-oh, we, you know, we, we treated this thin ice like it was thick ice, and we jumped up and down. And now people are going, well, why are you in the water? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting idea. And that's 1,200. That's wow. before Copernicus. That's wow. before any of these issues we're right. talking about You right. know, in these scientific discoveries,
0: hundreds and hundreds of years before Darwin. So, Chef... I've got. I pulled up something that's even older than oh, your <laughs> Oh my word! Oh, no. <laughs> Chef actually took his jacket off for this uh, one. <laughs> yeah, and but it's kind of along those same lines. Along the, the same lines, like, but it's it's from Romans 14, and it oh, talks about ooh. how. Look at them! Oh, in the Apostle Paul. Sally Sunday that. School just <laughs> entered. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it talks about how one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak only eats vegetables. So, And it goes on to talk about how make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister, that if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. And I think it gets at, like, yeah. when it's okay to have your own, interpretations and theologies right. and, and, all of that. But that's an approach verse. It is. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's an approach verse. We have to be okay. If we want to navigate science and faith with the students we're leading, we have to be okay with changing our approach, yeah. but it doesn't mean you have to change your theology. Yeah. And you should feel attention. Like mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, to me, the
3: older I get, the more I'm like, when I'm uncomfortable, the best ministry is happening. You know what I mean? The messier, the better. Yeah. And it's just what it is. And again, I've got to be careful all the time to not, you know, I just love how you you talked about it came up and you say, well, there are different views on this. And you explain it and you lead to the kids saying, well, what do you believe? And I just think it's a gr- that's a great place to be. And it's like, here I am. I believe Jesus died for me. I love mm-hmm. Jesus. I, I follow Jesus. And... Th- When it comes to that thing in Scripture, this is what I've kind of committed to. But you're also kind of saying, and if something changes. And now you're more solid than you are if you just put your foot down. Mm -hmm. And you're also able Mm
1: -hmm. to point at things that may not even really have any... I mean it's a great thing for right. us to talk about and discuss but I'm yeah. not sure what what
3: in the in the scope yeah. of things is it really that valuable right. for you to know this well even to say even to say what aquinas says here even to say when someone asks a question like this and just say you know what science changes all the time so mm-hmm. Here's what I think might be the answer, but if, some, if science changes tomorrow, right. I just want to be careful not to attach it so firmly to right. this thing that I know is true, right. because that thing's always changing. Albert Einstein said that science
1: without religion is lame, <laughs> and religion without science is blind.
3: Yeah.
0: Albert Einstein said that.
3: Yeah, that's something. Huh? And he
0: was pretty smart. <laughs> Even with all of this already on the table, and Chef, I'll go back and poke at you, You don't want to so firmly attach something to, you know, your response that in case something happens, that that wasn't the thing that sunk you or whatever. That sounds like you're questioning the inerrancy or the authority or whatever you want to say of Scripture. I I would be clear. I'm questioning
3: my understanding of the inerrant Scripture. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Because, one, I'm reading a translation that might not be inerrant of the inerrant scripture, right? I mean, because people argue all the time between the translations that are sitting right in front of us. I can put them on my computer, on my Bible software, and I can look at six of them to try to understand what is actually being said. So uh, I, I just, that's one of the things is I'm talking about my understanding of scripture, not the scripture. And so that's a really, really big point. And I know it feels slippery, But I I do feel like I'm I'm reading Richard Rohr right now, Falling Upward, which is about first half of Life Issues. I was listening to him on the way here. Holy cow. What an amazing book. The point he makes is when you're younger, you need these more solid answers. And Crystal, Mm -hmm. you've said it. The older Mm -hmm. I get as I grow in my faith... Mm The thicker ice, the thick ice tends to be thicker and the thinner ice tends to be more common, but there are these, you know, there are these, these, I'm more patient. Mm-hmm. I'm more asking questions than I'm feeling like I have to answer questions. I'm more listening to somebody and going, you know what? You are in that phase of life where you need black and white answers and mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and you need to be passionate about them now. Mm-hmm. And you're also kind of knowing, and with years, if you mature, mm-hmm. you're going to be, <laughs> Right. You know, you you may or may not, but you probably will be less dogmatic about mm-hmm. a lot more things than you're dogmatic now. And I look back at my early years. Holy cow, is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and we're dealing with young kids. We're right. dealing with adolescents, right? right. Who, who may need some solid answers to move forward. And th- we should encourage them. Mm-hmm. I think you should come up with your opinion, mm-hmm. you know. But just be careful about other kids' faith. I mean, I just want to take... I think one of the best lessons I I have is I have a neighbor, atheist Andy, super sciencey. He comes down to me and he says these words, I heard you have a physics degree and you're a Christian. And he said, I don't understand how that can be. Um, but I have some questions about faith that I'm afraid to ask Christians because I don't want to mess with their faith. Oh, wow. So he's super respectful. He's super respectful of somebody's faith. He doesn't want to, you know, pull the rug out from anybody. Um, and, and he said and if you're and basically he said can I come at you you? can I come at you friend (laughs) and um I said and these are like when I look back at my life this will be a defining moment like this is one of the top I was like bro this is my job like this is what I do for a living this is what I've committed my life to if it's not true you know uh, I I need to know that, so come at me. Oh wow! And he came at me hard, you know. <laughs> and it—I mean—I would you're... be lying to you to say he didn't challenge me in a lot of ways, and it forced me in a lot of ways. You know, but my faith is stronger because he asked those in questions. In the words of the
1: great theologian Elton John, you're still standing.
3: <laughs> still standing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I feel like I don't know more than I did before he asked me that question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And
2: but your willingness to answer and engage in the conversation probably yeah. changed his perspective.
3: But I also would say there's many of us that. It would not be a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that 10 years younger Chef would have survived that. Does yeah. that make sense? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. so, you Absolutely. know, we've got, to, we've got to prepare kids for the Atheist Andes, you know?
1: Right. Crystal, I know that you're working on a lot of stuff like post-high school. Mm-hmm. How, how does this topic and a, a youth leader listening to this, mm-hmm. does any of this affect... We all know students graduate from high school, go to college, and they really start asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does any of the, How would this affect that well, phenomenon or...
2: Here's where it gets really tricky. Because when you look at students' physical and intellectual development compared to their faith development, there's this kind of like timeline that everybody goes through, right? When you're in preschool, God or, or whatever you believe in is very mythical. It's very story-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes very black and white, right? Wrong. Right good, bad, and then somewhere just after puberty, we begin to develop this ability to understand different perspectives, to hold those, to think about gray areas, to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And for some of the students we serve, somewhere around 10th or 11th grade is when that starts to happen. And as a church, we can either embrace or or reject that, but that's where that is. For some, it doesn't happen until they get to college. Mm -hmm. But either way, when they get to college... Or they don't
3: feel safe enough to ask questions until they get to college, yeah.
2: Either way, when they get to college, somebody is bringing up
3: New church. Really yeah. good
2: questions. Yeah. right. And so I almost feel it an onus and a responsibility to hurry their development at the stage when they're in yeah. high school mm-hmm. and get them while to a place, you. while they're with me, a safe place to ask questions or to hear somebody else ask questions or to push them a little bit to understand there are at least other perspectives yeah. and those perspectives aren't stupid. Mm-hmm. It
3: makes me think, it makes me wonder if I'm in 11th and 12th grade in the church I grew up in where I'm talking to somebody who knows my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a, you know, it depends on how we, mm-hmm. how we respond. Is this a safe place to ask a question? I go to college, even if I do get to a new church, mm-hmm. I'm now in a new church and my mom and dad are not connected. Right. It becomes a safer place. Mm-hmm. So what are ways we can... Right. Become their yeah, safe it, place it, for those
0: questions. In a way, it, it's like any love other that. hurry it. That's mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. it's like any other topic we, we want to talk about with students when it comes to sex and dating. We want to talk about it yeah. almost yes. before they have to talk before they start talking about it in the locker room or before they get into mm-hmm. that situation or anything else. Like well, even if we should if they're want not, to talk right, about it. Right. We should. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we want to even if going back to way at the beginning of this ep- episode when we talked about is this something students are wrestling with? Well, some yes, and some honestly, no. And that's okay. That doesn't mean we don't bring some of these things up and don't talk about some of these things because we we want to before they even need it to talk about processing hard questions, yeah. about faith, about the Bible.
2: And can I clarify something we say we're saying is yeah. I don't think we're saying I want to do an apologetic series, and I want to make sure that they have all the right answers so they right. can make all the right arguments to their professors, who, by right. the way, are probably going to obliterate them because they're teenagers.
3: Yeah, and they've done this every year, and
2: they've done this every they've year. Seen this that is new,
3: part of their joy. Yeah, right? Group of freshmen no, every fresh year. Meet. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, and not all professors are like that. I hate how we make yeah. caricatures of, but they of professors. Are out there. there are some who have yeah. fun with it, yeah. but we're not saying you need to do an apologetic series and teach them to defend their faith. Although that stuff is important, they have to be able to wrestle with questions when we're not around and they haven't had ten hours to do the research and find the answer. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. In some regard, we are implying it's not as much us helping them know what to think as much as it is helping mm-hmm. them learn how to think. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's a critical thinking.
1: Hey? Yeah,
2: and that's one of the things that actually, Chef, I learned from you just oh, you just a few years ago. You wrote a series. We're all, if, if you're a new listener. We're all part of an organization called Orange. We create resources for youth ministries. Curriculum is part of that. And Chef wrote a series for our middle school subscribers. Um, It was called The Who and The How. And it helped middle schoolers who are just such concrete thinkers Mm -hmm. begin Mm -hmm. to think about big questions. And the whole series hinged on this idea that science explains how, faith explains who, Mm -hmm. and it's okay for the two to coexist. And it was... I thought it was brilliant. Um, in fact, I loved it so much that <laughs> I'm so excited right now um, because our high school curriculum is working on a very similar series for high school students that embraces even some some further questions, more complex questions for them. Questions because they have yeah, bigger drag. questions. Because yeah. they have bigger questions.
1: Do you have a title for that series yet?
2: I do. It's called World Apart, And it's the um, idea that we feel like science and faith are worlds... Apart.
1: I was hoping you were going to say Ice Age.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take that into uh, we'll take that to our design. But I and... like Worlds Apart.
2: CJ, let's let's put that in right. the ideas right. pile. Yeah, yeah. And Ladies and gentlemen,
1: <laughs> that means they got a, that means they are poo pooing on uh, the idea
3: suggestion yeah. box. <laughs> normally, they go interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. next, next, yeah, next point,
0: next.
2: Well, so CJ, interesting. <laughs> One of the things I I just. I can't wait for this series to come out because I think it's going to be so fun. And I think it's going to help some students. And one of the things is we took that thin ice, thick ice idea Mm -hmm. and said, how can we introduce this to high schoolers in a way that they won't say, it's all thin ice. I can do whatever I want, right? Um, Basically, what we borrowed an illustration from our, our friend Reggie Joyner as well, which was a Jenga tower. Every kid knows what a tower of Jenga blocks looks like. And the idea is when it comes to your faith, there are some blocks that are on the bottom. They are foundational. Mm-hmm. If you if you pull those out, your faith isn't Christianity anymore. It's something else. The resurrection is on the bottom of the mm-hmm. Jenga tower. Mm-hmm. But there are some other things that are part of your faith. They're still part of the tower, but you can poke at them. You can pull them out a little bit. You might even move them around a little bit, and your tower's probably not going to fall. Things like creation, evolution, living in the belly of a whale, all of those things. Not to say that we're saying those things are untrue, but students are going are to feel things. a little yeah. bit freer to ask some questions about those things and to even push at them a little bit because your faith isn't going to crumble. And I think that's such a big deal because so many kids feel like, I can't ask questions because if I find out an answer that this isn't true, I can't come back to youth group anymore. These can't be my friends anymore. My identity is going to change. And that's a really tall order. And this sort of frees Mm -hmm. them up to say, hey, the foundation is the foundation, but everything else you can mess with and you're still going to have a tower. You're still going to have a faith.
0: So the series is called Worlds Apart. Now, so when does that series release?
2: It's coming out June 1st.
0: Awesome. So if you want to learn more about how you can get a hold of that, we'll have links to find out more about that kind of stuff in our show notes. But for now, so as we wrap up, so as we're navigating science and faith and the tensions that we feel as leaders, our students are feeling, do you have any final thoughts, Chef? Well, I mean, for me, I'm just, I'm thinking about the listener out there
3: who is a guardian, right? Mm -hmm. And they are just thinking, but you've got, you know, truth is truth. and, And I love... I think guardians are important. I think it's, it's if that's your wiring, I love it. I just, again, I would ask you to listen to this again before you jump to conclusions, before you hear what we're not saying. Because what we're not saying is there's not truth out there. What we are saying, what we are talking about is approach to kids. And, you know, I, I read, again, Richard War was talking, he talked about a wise teacher. He said only, and we may have put you past this, but he said people can only grow about 5% past their core mm-hmm. beliefs at a time. And a wise teacher moves people slowly. So we may have pushed you too far here. I ran out of air again. May <laughs> have pushed you too far here uh, again. Um, but would love for you just to step back, listen mm-hmm. to it again. And, and again, Like um, this is about approach. This is about approach, bringing people along Wisely, because we want them to have a strong faith. And if we try to pile too much on or tell them that legitimate questions aren't legitimate, we're not helping do that. Mm -hmm. So those are my thoughts. Crystal?
2: I would say that Jesus was so clear that we are to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. And so to ask questions and use your mind to explore faith that is not anti-Christian, and, and woe to us if we act like it is. Yeah. That's a part of your faith.
1: Mm-hmm. So good. It's great. paint hey, Crystal. That was so good. Great. <laughs> hey. uh, I was going to—two things. Maybe it's—the thing that I would encourage, maybe it's more important for you to know some mm-hmm. of the questions than all the answers. And in the age of decentralization of information, don't keep playing tennis when the game is now soccer. Mm.
2: I don't know what that means because I don't understand sports. Can you help me?
1: Well, tennis is between two people back and forth. Huh? Now soccer, there's 22
2: people oh, on, I'm with on you. the
3: field, and so you're waiting for the pass, and they they're right. down the field. Yeah, yeah. and and
1: it
2: should do better. The whole marching band. I got it now. Yeah,
1: there <laughs> yeah, we go. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. There we go. Sorry, my jo- <laughs> my my imbecile jock brain. Kicked in. yeah Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
0: Oh, <laughs> Those are my closing thoughts. I think that's great. And, as Crystal just shamed me in front of <laughs>
2: Sorry, I was a nerd.
0: <laughs> that's perfect. And, and I'll add to it that, and we've hinted at it throughout this, but I don't know is a completely okay answer as well. Oh, it's so good. And a lot of times yeah. that'll earn you even more credibility than coming up with an yeah. answer that...
1: It's funny you're saying that because I'm I've been sitting here the entire conversation thinking... There are so many positions that I wish I would have said, I just don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then to take it one step further, if you're listening to this and you're a ministry leader, a lot of times these questions aren't going to be brought up to you. And it's your small group leaders who are going to be on the front lines of these conversations. Yeah. And equipping them with, hey, uh, I don't know is an okay answer. Or Always a good play. It yeah. is a great place to start as you lead them to have these conversations with their students as well.
2: Oh, and one more thing, just like students need a safe place to have these conversations and think about it and ask questions and not be shamed for asking questions. I think youth pastors need those places too. And if I'm being honest, I don't know that every group on the internet is a safe place to have these conversations. I'm trying to be nice. I I do know the answer to that question. (laughs) There are some scary ones. Stranger Uh, danger. But I would say... The Facebook group that's currently called XP3 Partners, that's where a lot of our subscribers are, but you don't have to be a subscriber to be in that group. They're some of the nicest people in the world, and I love the conversations that happen there because these are the kinds of questions that we wrestle with, and so that might be a great place to have us continue that conversation.
0: Yeah, totally. So I know this was a big conversation, but uh, and there's more to it. And I'm sure we'll talk about more this more uh, in future episodes. But for now, we'll wrap up this conversation and say that, hey, we're also adding some resources down in the show notes. So if you're, if you're want, ready to dive into this, we'll add some book links, we'll add some other resources there for you to take your next step as you figure out what it looks like to navigate the tension between science and faith with your students. But for now, thanks for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you want to learn more about the curriculum and strategy that we're all a part of here at Orange, including finding out more about the Worlds Apart series that Crystal mentioned. There's also a middle school version of that series we'll link to as well. Uh, You can visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.